I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly, and we're talking to Judge Steve Grasty of Harney County, a county that is healing after the armed takeover of the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. This is SourceCast. First, could you ever have imagined that this would happen in Harney County? In my worst nightmare, I, I've never imagined such an event. Several of us sitting around this room early on in the process, and somebody said, what would this have looked like in 1999 before the collaboration, the cooperative efforts that have occurred here, in the, particularly in the last decade? And as I think back through this, I'm not sure we wouldn't have been much more on Mr. Bundy's side. So I'm glad for the success stories, but it's those success stories that made it so bizarre to me that this was the place that was picked by Bundy's. I also think the reason Mr. Bundy ended up picking this is when you had this resentencing of the Hammonds, it lit a fire for lots of us, and to be honest, me included. But when Bundy came here, our folks, I, I think this is a rural Oregon thing, I don't think it's unique to Harney County, but folks are polite, they talk to the new people that they don't know, they listen. I think Bundy saw that as support, whereas I think we see it as it's the way we are. So I think that's part of why it happened here. He saw a good place and uh, an opportunity, I would think, and it was strategic for him. When, when you think about the refuge itself, for goodness sakes, we, in, very broadly, we, the environmental industry, the, our community, the ranchers, we wrote up that plan. I wasn't personally in there, but I'm happy to take a little bit of credit as the we of this community. But we wrote the plan for it, and we moved a whole long ways towards more cattle grazing, more haying, more bird production, to be honest, uh, on the ranch, or on the refuge. We missed that opportunity with him having that occupation going on. How would you characterize neighbor-to-neighbor relations now in Harney County? Well, I, I think one of the things that has happened out of, out of the Bundys being here and, and the armed takeover was divisions that were here that we didn't talk about just because we're polite uh, are being talked about. And it makes it more difficult. Should county government, should state government have more control, more say, or even take over uh, public land ownership? Personally, I don't think so. But I also think it's really appropriate to have those conversations every few decades. Now's the time. And I think we ought to talk through it. But my hunch is by the time we go through the economic impacts, the social impacts, um, perhaps even the environmental impacts, we may find that it isn't a good idea. But again, having that conversation, the problem we got right now is people are so angry, so much anxiety caused by this militia group or these militia groups that showed up in here and walked around town with guns and then with the Bundys. It's going to take a little while to heal that up so that we can get back to having those conversations. But we're trying to do that right now. From the reports uh, that I've read, the majority of residents here in Harney County do not favor the Bundys and their their occupation, armed occupation of the refuge and of their intimidation in Burns. So, you know, early on, really the first three weeks of the occupation, there were three public meetings. The sheriff held the first one. I can tell you, 80 percent of the folks that were in that room said, Bundy, go home. 100 percent said, we got to have a conversation about public land management, local input, locals being empowered in decision-making and implementation, you know, planning and implementation. The second meeting was pretty much there. The third meeting, about halfway through it, um, Mr. Bundy and his friends and a pretty good number of the militia came in, surrounded the upper bleachers within the gymnasium at the high school. Most of them were armed. 
and it changed the tenure. We pretty much quit having public meetings because it, it was clear that it had become a process in which uh, the Pacific Patriots could further their agenda right along with uh, Mr. Bundy on his agenda. They weren't the same agenda, but they were seeing them as opportunities to extend their agendas. It was really intimidating. I, I've said over and over, true for most of us, I got lots of firearms. I, I probably got as many and many different kinds as anybody else, but I don't open carry. I rarely conceal carry, but there are times that I think it's appropriate or when I'm hunting, of course. To go to Safeway and see two guys guarding the door, and that's what they were doing, while I guess their friends were in there shopping, I'm not sure the necessity of that, and it is intimidating. By the way, it did not help the Second Amendment rights either. These guys are going to start an argument that I, I'm going to be on the other side, right beside them, arguing in front of our elected officials, don't restrict our gun rights, and yet their very actions are the ones that are going to cause us to have to have this debate pretty heatedly. As you know, Steve, there is an assault on the Western Front, basically. Western states are, are considering legislation to try to confiscate, try to grab of public lands around the United States and in the Western states and take them for state control or private control. And, of course, when you look at the map that we're looking at, most of the public lands are in the West, absolutely. Is that misdirected in your opinion? I'm not sure it's misdirected. I think it's a conversation that we truly have to have in the West. What does this mean for us? If we're not going to have ownership, whoever the we is, I don't like it just going to private, but if it's counties, if it's state, and if it's fed, if we're going to have that mix of massive amounts of public lands, we also got to figure out how we enable that land to be accessible for economic and social values right along with protection of, of the environment. You know, we've got laws that were put in place to help us with that, and those laws have moved from their original intention through litigation and threats of litigation, and they're not what they originally were. Maybe it's time, honestly, not maybe, I think it is time to go back and look at those rules and perhaps reset them so that it, it makes sense. Equal access to justice, envir or endangered species, NEPA, FLIPMA, those things have moved from what they originally were. NEPA envisioned a 20-page document for an environmental assessment, and uh, today they're, well, the EIS on, on the sage-grass 2,200 pages long. That's not what was envisioned. So how do we get back to that? I don't, I don't know, but we've got to have that conversation. So is it a misguided approach? I think it feels like you're under siege. I know it feels like you're under siege in these small communities because we used to be very wealthy. And we were wealthy because of access to that public lands. And folks will argue, well, you didn't take good care of it. Then why is everybody so worried about making the arguments of how good a condition it's in today and we got to protect it? we got to do that together is all that I think rural communities are really saying. You mentioned that you have tried to have a conversation with Interior Secretary Sally Jewell, and apparently you have not. I, I have not yet. I We have a regular trip scheduled to Washington, D.C. in the next few weeks, and we'll be going, and perhaps there will be time there. But I worry that not being willing to meet with local government also means not meeting with the communities is is not a good message and actually kind of furthers what Mr. Bundy's, some of his principles, not exchange of land to private, but of uh, uh, of the very underlying 
arguments that he and many of us have made for years. Local communities not being heard, when decisions are put in place, not being able to participate uh, equally with others. We can improve those, but without a meeting to kind of shift that paradigm uh, and to provide lessons learned out of this county, out of this event, is troubling. Another argument that we hear often is that the feds have overreached in their management of these public lands. What is your assessment? I, I do think in many cases the feds have overreached, some cases maliciously, and that may be an individual taking advantage of their position. But I think generally the overreach has occurred because of litigation and threats of litigation as they work through management plans or and then as they follow those plans and do implementation, that they've been forced into making decisions that they don't like to make. So those aren't malicious. Those, you would have to point it to groups that did the litigation to say, where's the malice? It tends to come from them, I think. That overreach, I, I think we can fix it through collaboration. I, I think collaboration isn't a broad enough term. I think we've got to figure out the new word because it's, it's more than that. You know, I always use the example on our successful collaboratives here We've seen a couple of cases where our, a collaborative of broad, diverse range of folks and groups have come up with a plan for something, and someone else, after we're all done, protests. The way the laws are currently applied, the collaboration isn't able to sit in on the protest resolution process. Only the protester is. There's something wrong with that. That seems a simple fix. And, and we would go miles down the road with those kind of fixes. So some of this is simple, straightforward. Some of it's much more broad. There are some studies to indicate that the closer a rural community is to certain public lands, the better the economics of that rural community. Do you see that happening in Harney County? I do think the closeness of our land um, one example that I use is a lady at Druzy who is uh, older than I am, and I'm no spring chicken, and, and yet she's the gal that gets on and off her tractor, her swather, as she's hay in the field to move little critters so she doesn't swath them up and does it repeatedly over the course of going around the field. Perhaps moves them out on to public land. She walks over the edge of the field and, and turns them on there. So you got this relationship between that private ground at in her case, is for hay production, and the public ground that's right next door to it, those little critters like to use that alfalfa at certain times of the year, or, or meadow hay as it, it may be, and they like to be on back on that neighboring ground. That, those are relationships you can't take apart. So they're there, they're today. Why wouldn't you want both parties, both neighbors, public and private, being able to say, hey, what if we did this together? Wouldn't it work better? There seems to be an economic cloud over the entire county because of what's happened. Uh, for instance, the bird fest that is coming up. I, I don't know what you call it. Uh, bird it's festival. Yeah, bird festival. It's, it's, it's on hold. Uh, this is eventually going to hurt the county in some degree until you can recover. You know, you, you talk about the recreation side, really, I think, is, is referred to the bird festival and hurting us. Uh, yeah, it, it is going to have some impacts. But I think the broader impact of if we postpone or, God forbid, we don't do a bird festival this year, is there's a relationship been built where folks that may or may not be familiar with that, that airway that the birds travel every spring, how important the private ranch land is coupled with the refuge, coupled with the BLM ground, 
what I see the real loss is building relationships that let us manage things collectively better into the future, more so than the, perhaps we're not going to sell as many motel rooms or the restaurants aren't going to sell as many meals. And that's important. This is not an advantage, but the fact of the matter is uh, during the the stay of Bundy here, I can tell you the motels and the restaurants were pretty loaded up. Uh, not that there was any economic value to it, but will that offset any loss if we don't do the Waterfowl Festival? No, because I think those relationships in the long run have more value. One thing that I have seen personally is there seems to be a lot of love outside of Harney County for Harney County, and that's got to be gratifying for you. You know, it, it really is. One of the things that I've said to a number of folks that we got to figure out a way to take advantage of, and I don't like that terminology, but I don't know how else to say it. I was dumbfounded by the number of environmental groups that we butted heads pretty strongly with who came and said, what can we do for the community? The indication, and in a couple of cases, actual words were, hey, we'll go back to fighting about our disagreements about the environment next year, next month, next week. But right now, what can we do to help the community? I think that's incredibly valuable. And how do we expand on that, that we all recognize a sustainable environment and a sustainable community go hand in glove? And, and so I think some opportunities came out of this horrific event. When this is all said and done... Do you predict that Harney County will come back stronger than ever? I'm never going to run for office again, so I, uh, I can honestly say this. I only run for this office ever because of two facts. I love this place, and I love these people. Do I think we'll be stronger in the long run? Yes, we absolutely will be. Um, and there's plenty of us around who are committed to seeing to it. That's eventually the outcome that we'll all get to. Do you think there may be a case for federal public lands becoming private? I think, I said earlier, I think we got to have that conversation about should federal lands become private. I will tell you, if you look back a couple of decades, particularly if you think through the Steens Mountain Act, uh, we actually have more acres of private ground today than we had two decades ago. So uh, can it? It, can it be right? Is it the right thing to do? Um, and you and I are looking at a map that shows... Uh, the amount of federal public land uh, in the West. And if you look around Harney County, not unique to us, but around the West, you'll see that private ground is just islands within a sea of public lands. Are there times that we ought to be trading some of that around, either for better management by a private individual or better management by the public by blocking those up? Absolutely believe that's the case. In some cases, one side or the other is going to gain acres. I don't care. I, it, if it's better for the environment, if it's better for the economics, why wouldn't we be doing those things together? And so, yeah, I think sometimes there is a case for it. In other cases, if tomorrow the Fed said, we're done, we're not sending any more financial assistance of any sort to Harney County, and here's all 4.6 million acres, uh, you do it. See if you can do it better than us. Holy mackerel. If all the laws went away, maybe we'd be okay. But if at the end of the day, my gut reaction is we're probably going to have to sell most of it. If it was sold to private ownership, it won't be competitively bought. It'll be bought by those that have the most resources. You and I know that typically means as hunters or fishermen, we don't have access to it anymore. Not sure I like that. So that whole discussion is not an easy one. It's going to take time. The economics are going to have to run out. 
we think there's somewhere around 77 million a year in economic value that comes off the federal land into taxing entities, not the public now, just the taxing entities in Harney County. How are you going to replace that? You Couldn't you do it off 4.6 million acres? Bet you can. But what's it mean? And what's it look like? And what do we got to change? Those aren't decisions you can make this afternoon on the back of a napkin. They're going to take a while. So we got to work through that whole thing. And at the end of the day, what that shows when we get through those kind of studies will be what it shows, and I guess we can make decisions from there. Steve, you've been a respected public servant here for a number of years. What is in the future for you now? So so I've been county judge here for 17 years and, and a little bit more in a month, and I was a county commissioner for not quite two years prior to that. What's next for me? I've said for a very long time that when I get out of office, I'm going to work with a bunch of other folks that I know that have science backgrounds, have public service backgrounds, um, even have law enforcement backgrounds, and see if we can't put together an organization that lets us represent the community at the same values and with the same fervor that we see coming out of certain groups in the environmental community. Without an organization like that, I see no way to balance for our communities to be able to balance it. Does that mean I'm going to be out working 60 hours a week and giving up my weekends and traveling back and forth to Salem and D.C. as much as I have in the past? I hope not. I hope we can raise enough funds that we put that kind of organization together and that a bunch of us can put policy in front of younger, enthusiastic uh, folks to to, uh, take that effort and run with it. But again, not to not to step on everybody, but to balance us with those other interests. So the outcomes of all our decisions are the things that work for all of us. When a decision is made, then there's an instant lawsuit, sage grouse, for instance. Where does that stop? We've got to come up with a mechanism so that there's a certain amount of time for appeal and then, then it runs out or it's, we get nothing done. So what, what you just touched on, in my mind, is equal access to justice. You, we can't just constantly be under litigation or threats of litigation. Communities can't compete with that. The really sad thing about the Bundy situation is the environmental community has been for years empowered through litigation and threats of litigation. Communities have never been able to compete in that ballgame. We just haven't been able to. We don't have the money, the arguments we make are not upheld by the court in the way that environmental arguments have been over the last couple of decades. So I think communities have looked for ways to be empowered. God forbid, but we got empowered on this one. We got the limelight. And certain people in our community see that and say, is this a way to get the focus, to change the thing? I don't want to be any, I don't want any part of this. We don't need a civil war. We don't need Bundys and and armed militia taking over federal facilities. We need something that works. And it's a challenge, I think, our legislature, our president, our our departments, the Department of Interior and Department of Ag, have to understand we need to figure out a different way to do this, or God forbid we're going to be doing this again someplace else or worse here. So when this is all said and done and you ride your horse out of this building, um, when are you going to smile again? You know, a good friend of mine retired uh, a little over a year ago, and he told me about two weeks after his retirement, he woke up one morning and realized his teeth didn't hurt anymore, realized he wasn't clenching his teeth all night long. I want to get there, but I'm going to worry about this community, whether I'm in this chair or outside of this building. Um, 
this is a good place and there's good people. And so when am I going to quit worrying? I don't think ever. When this community is vibrant, solid, again, and we have good economics, I'll be smiling then. I'll get through this. It's our community that I worry about. I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly, and you've been listening to SourceCast, also online at bendsource.com.